Welcome to The First 16. My name is Sahab Boivin Shabot. And I'm Kirk Finken. We are your soon-to-become favorite public servants. I hope today you're ready to have your brain launch into space. I got my helmet on. Listen, you've heard about using satellite imagery and data in a variety of situations from monitoring the speed and effects of climate change to weather and even espionage. And today we're looking at its application in agriculture. We spoke with a member of the research team in Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada who is involved in the very recent Radarsat Constellation mission, which was launched in June 2019. My name is Andrew Davidson. I'm the manager of Earth Observation Operations at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, and you're listening to the First 16 podcast. So, Andrew, pun fully intended here. Can you give us the overview? What is RCM? In a nutshell, well, uh, the Radarsat uh, uh, Constellation Mission RCM is Canada's latest contribution uh, to synthetic aperture radar space missions. Uh, we launched way back in 1995, Radarsat-1. Uh, that was supposed to have a operational lifetime of about five years and lasted seven, 17. Uh, and then in 2007, we launched Radarsat 2, and, and that is still going. And in 2019, June 2019, we launched the Radarsat Constellation mission. And RCM is, is different from those other missions because instead of just launching one satellite, we actually launched three, uh, three on one rocket. So June, we get launched. Yes. Now... The data starts to flow. Yeah, it's up there. It's in the commissioning stage. We have seen imagery. Um, we saw the first engineering image in July taken over northern Canada, which was really exciting to see. We have access now um, to some of the uh, imagery, pre-operational imagery. We're playing with that. We're looking at that. Um, we're seeing what the quality is like. Um, we're trying to answer a few questions with that, trying to see where the consistencies and inconsistencies in that will be. But when we saw the data, it, it really becomes real at that point. When we look at Canada's agricultural resources, the only way to really monitor those resources frequently uh, is using space-based earth observation. So these data really do allow us to track uh, and will allow us to track in the future operationally uh, conditions um, throughout growing seasons that we really have never been able to do before. But how is it a game changer? So uh, people often say, for example, is this a game changer for producers in that they use the data? And, and most of the producers I talk to, 99% of them, they don't actually directly use the data. Right. Because, you know, you have to have certain software and certain background in science to be able to use this data effectively. Where the game changer becomes is how these data will be used by the government of Canada, but also uh, the private sector to better monitor these resources. So where we have producers, for example, subscribing to, to certain services, uh, we start to think of things like as precision agriculture. And to me, this is a really exciting part is what we've seen with the launch of these types of missions is these data get used in incredible diversity of innovative ways, many ways which we could never have comprehended beforehand. But all of these will help um, to serve uh, and better serve uh, the agricultural sector as a whole in terms of providing information quicker, faster, and with more detail. You often talk about developing tools. What do you mean? When we refer to tools, what we're talking about is the automization of that process, right? Because you could do it manually, but 
doing it manually over Canada with so many images in such a wide extent, it's more room for mistake and it would take you forever. So the tools involve tools to, to, to process the data, uh, tools to create those crop maps, tools to, for example, model crop yield, tools, for example, to, to model surface soil moisture. And essentially when we talk about tools, we're talking about self-contained software, uh, which allow us to give us an outcome of some kind, whether it be soil maps in near real time, whether it be crop maps, whether it be uh, yield predictions, these kinds of things. So are you talking about really the big crops, the big field crops, or is it a variety of things? So, so for crop mapping, uh, we get as detailed as we can. Uh, and some crops are very difficult to differentiate from space, uh, small grains, for example. But we are mapping probably about 20 or so crop classes across the country. And of course, we are interested in the major crops, but we also try and map the minor crops too. So we are including those, and our ability to do that is, 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 is improving. Kirk, when scientists say they don't quite know what's going to come of it, I feel I need some more context and explanation, especially in the space sector. Does this raise ethical question? I think that the ethical questions is something that we might want to explore in another episode. Uh, I think that that's kind of a cool angle. But um, on this one, it's not like we're going to another planet, like into complete darkness or something. It's really applied science. And there are industry folks just dying to get their hands on the data coming in from the radar sat. Like who? Like Jackie Empson Laporte, environmental specialist at Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, aka OMAFRA. Let's give her a call. Hey, Jackie, it's Kurt. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Good. I've got a couple of questions for you. So, how exactly do you use the satellite and mapping data from AAFC? So I've been using the satellite mapping data in my job for the last several years. And what I use it for and what the agencies use it for in the Healthy Lake Huron Initiative is we use it to look at trends. So it's not about what one farmer is doing on the property, but rather sector or broader geographic scale um, activities. So it, it really helps us to identify trends in farming practices that might have an influence on things like water quality or erosion control or adoption of cover crops. And so how has that evolved? Like the remote sensing and remote mapping, how has that changed your world in environmental stewardship in the last few years? So the remote sensing project has changed and helped my work in environmental stewardship in two different ways. So one thing is it helps us to um, be more proactive and to anticipate issues rather than simply responding to problems. So for an example is if we can see that there's a trend to higher corn production or higher soybean production, we can look at our erosion control, our cover crop adoption programs, and we can focus our um, education and outreach and our funding programs towards those kinds of uh, best management practices. And the second way that the remote sensing has helped my work in environmental stewardship is it's given me a reliable and credible source of information that I can rely on year after year. And that continuity is, is very, very important. So not only can I see geographic trends over one annual year, but I can see the trends over multiple years. So I can see whether things are changing. And that credible and reliable source of information is invaluable. 
Well, let's speak about the value. What exactly is the value to you? So the, the value to us um, really is saving us resources. So historically, we did um, sort of a manual crop mapping exercise where we, we had students who drove around the countryside and who identified crops on maps. And then we did our, our analysis and our trend analysis from that manual process of, of going and actually looking in the field. So now that we have a source of information that we can use, um, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, so it, it does save us resources. We still do some of that, um, that drive-by confirmation because uh, we are looking at other things as well. But this saves us a lot of resources and it gives us um, a a credible source of information that we can rely on when we're looking at designing our environmental programs or if we're looking at talking to our farmers about the trends that we're seeing in the landscape. That's interesting. So like, are are you also getting an idea as well of the value then to the sector? Yeah, some of the value to the sector is it's a very much a conversation starter so uh, part of the communication aspect that is great about the remote sensing program is we can take those snapshots and send them out on social media and Twitter and generate a discussion with our farmers about what do we see from the information that's presented. So what I might interpret as a potential water quality issue, another farmer might look at it with a different lens, an economic lens. And so it enables us to have a conversation from two different perspectives. Hey, did you hear that? I did, yeah. It was really subtle, but I heard it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the sound of 10,000 eyeglasses being pushed up the bridge of noses and people going, hmm. Yeah, the collective sound of farmers, environmental scientists, data geeks, and space nerds all across the country getting excited about the possibilities of radar sat. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of known knowns in this field of science. Are there any unknowns? I mean, any edges of darkness? Edges of darkness. Yeah, that's a great question. Here's Andrew again to talk about that. Yeah, I think so. People often ask us, you know, the questions. And I'll use RCM as an example. It's a good example. You know, people will say, you know, there's a new, one of the new beam modes on RCM, uh, compact polarization and... uh, People say, well, what can you do with that? My response is often is, we don't know fully yet. You know, we think this is going to have absolutely fantastic applications for agriculture. We're fairly certain it's going to be, especially operationally, but there hasn't been a massive amount of work done on this yet. So we're not really sort of right at the edge of darkness. There's sort of a, in many cases, uh, there is some lighting there, maybe a dim lamp there. And of course, you know, we build our research and we move forward on the basis of what others have done. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's sometimes when we sort of step into those domains where we say, yeah, this hasn't been done before or hasn't been done a lot before. And you feel that, yeah, we are pushing those frontiers of remote sensing science back. And you will see cutting edge research um, coming out within the next few years on the basis of, of the data that we come out Uh, that we get out of this uh, uh, satellite. Okay, well, now let's take off our space helmets. It's getting hot in here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a relief. I don't know how those astronauts do that. We're going to need to put on some other kind of down-to-earth footwear for the next episodes, right? Yep, we'll have to be putting on our work boots proper. So until then, you, the folks, our listeners, you, the innovators, you, the first adopters, and everybody in the ag and food sector, you know what to do, right? Right. Try something new. Try something new.